0: Welcome to Top Deck Insight, our podcast on all things Magic the Gathering. I'm
1: Sam, followed by my co hosts Josh and Sarah. We're three friends who love MTG, and we've created this podcast to share our experience with you.
2: If you like what we do, you can find us on Twitter and YouTube at Top Deck Insight. We also have a website, topdeckinsight.co.uk. Now let's get into the episode.
1: This week has been absolutely chock-full of Adventures of the Forgotten Realms spoilers, which is the new set, which is officially releasing, I think, on the 8th?
0: I think it comes up for play on Arena on the 8th. Right, yes. Official release on
1: paper is the week after that, normally. something like that. Um, And so, we're right in the middle of spoiler season for Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, which is where cards start to get spoiled or just shown early so that we kind of by the end of spoiler season we'll know what all the cards in the set are before they're officially released um and by this point in spoiler season there are still plenty of cards to be spoiled Mm -hmm. Um, lots more like still mythics and planeswalkers that we're expecting to see Uh, and so we don't have a full list by any means But what we do have is a pretty good impression of what the core strategies and mechanics Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. set are going to be. So I thought we could talk about those today. Some of the keywords that we've seen, the set design so far, and what we think of it overall. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the first thing that I really want to address is uh, the flavor of the set. So one thing that you'll see in Adventures of the Forgotten Realms cards, which has never been done before in Magic, is the use of flavor words, which are kind of a uh, um, well, they're a d and D mechanic, but yeah. well, they, no, they, they add D and D flavor to yeah. the game. Um, so you'll have a card that perhaps is completely normal in Magic. Uh, so I've got an example here. Uh, in fact, let me just read out the card, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll go over what flavor words are. Um, so the card is called Plundering Barbarian. It costs two and a red for a dwarf barbarian creature, and it's a two-two. Its ability reads: When Plundering Barbarian enters the battlefield, choose one: smash the chest, destroy target artifact, or pry it open, create a treasure token. Mm. And so, uh, it's it creates kind of a D&D scenario. You know, you, mm-hmm. you're the plundering barbarian comes across a chest, what do you do? Do you smash the chest or do you pry it open? Uh, and so the card is a pretty normal magic card, you know, ETB, destroy an artifact or make a treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the use of these flavor words, it adds nothing but flavor, but I think it does a really, really good job of adding a level of fun and excitement yeah. to these cards. Yeah. Like I really, really like the flavor words. So there's an, another example, and this is another good example of how they are introducing D and D flavor to the set. Mm-hmm. The card is called "You see a guard approach." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it costs blue, and it's an instant. And the ability is choose one, distract the guard, tap target creature, or <laughs> hide. Target creature you control gains hexproof until end of turn, and so the card is named after yeah. a kind of D and D interaction, a scenario, and then the the options that you're given to choose on the card uh, correlate to kind of options you could pick in D yeah, and D, and I cool. just I yeah, really, really really cool. like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think one thing that uh, I think we all overlooked when we were speculating about what kind of mechanics would come to this set, we didn't think about I guess modal cards, mm. what, or I guess what are they called modal cards? Uh, when you have multiple options? Uh,
1: I would say choice. Choice, yeah. Ch- yeah, cool. yeah.
0: So obviously they haven't developed on that as a mechanic.
1: Multiple choice cards. Multiple choice mm. cards, yeah.
0: Um, they haven't developed on that as a mechanic because it is. these are just multiple choice cards. But yeah, they do really fit into the theme of d d because it's like you, your, your adventure. You choose your you own, choose own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think we all overlooked that that was going to be in the set. Or like an abundance of it, because there is an abundance of these mm-hmm. uh, choice kind of cards. Um,
1: but so, yeah. I really do like it. I, mm. I, I love the feel of the set. Uh, it seems really, really fun and really, really flavorful. Yeah. And it does really, really make me want to start playing D and D again, oh. uh, which is impressive. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's impressive it's what for them they them to, to have...
0: do right. It's a crossover. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And and it actually does give me. Um, Hopes for the other universes beyond mm. uh, content they're going to create. Mm-hmm. Because uh, as a fan of D and D, this set makes me want to play D and D. And so, if as a fan <laughs> of Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings set makes you want to read the Silmarillion or, or rewatch the films <laughs> yeah. in with you director's commentary, to
2: to. You always <laughs> watch
0: nine-hour movie marathon.
1: There should be no reasons. <laughs> um and th- that's a good thing, you know. That's that's what a crossover should be. It should make you want to play yeah. Magic and play D anD D. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like they've done a, a really nice job with the flavor words. I, I absolutely love them. Yeah, I think I like them too. they really they they don't actually mechanically change the cards at all. No. <laughs> um, but the amount of flavor that they add is oh, I just really like them.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Spikes hate them. Spikes <laughs> hate these cards because like there's too many words. and They just do normal things. <laughs> Why is it my game optimized? Uh. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah, there is that, you know, um, <laughs> there are like, when you watch pro players and stuff stream sometimes, mm. uh, you guys might have noticed as well. That sometimes they won't even well into a card being used and released many, many times. They won't call it by its name. Yeah, they'll call it. uh the two mana two two that draws you a card. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, the... yeah, we went over this on that. <laughs> yeah. Round the yeah. Board, so um yeah, it's true. And uh yeah, that's a lot more difficult to do here with these cards. <laughs> yeah,
0: like UCA guard. I cast I cast Y Sag <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. That's gonna catch on, surely.
1: Um another mechanic that we've seen mm. which we definitely did expect, probably the low hanging fruit of creating a D and D based magic set, <laughs> is introducing the rolling of a D twenty. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah um into some of the mechanics of the cards um and what's fun about this is actually uh that it seems to be <laughs> pissing a lot of people off yeah uh, there's been a the, whole
0: lot of uh in the
1: magic community split yeah. decisions yes know? yeah it has. really funny it is really funny because it's so, it's so like who ca- yeah like who cares <laughs> um uh it is worth noting in tournament play, you know, we have spin downs in mm-hmm. MTG, mm-hmm. d20 spin downs. In tournament play, those don't, can't, they can't no. be used for these rolls because uh, they're not proper dice. Spin downs are not proper dice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you're supposed to use a properly, like, randomized d20. There's,
0: there's a weird, I, I, I'm not quite sure how it works, but there is some very tiny, like, percentage of probability difference between a d20 and a spin down oh, and okay. uh, which is why the community is is at each other's throats because like half of them is like man who cares just let them roll a d20 or, or a spin down like it's not going to change yeah. anything.
1: In Nobody's ca- going to be able to cheat that way. <laughs> In casual play on FNM's, it shouldn't matter it really if you're matter. sitting there insisting that your opponent uses a spin down, you probably need to get reassess. <laughs> I was going to sure, say I was going to say reassess <laughs> the format that you're playing. Go outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, because like ultimately on a on a normal d20, uh, rolling a 19 is actually no closer to rolling a 20 than it is to rolling a 3. Uh, whereas on a spin down, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you can manipulate it a little bit. Uh, you can. It's, it's so stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so some of the cards that we've seen, well, there are loads of cards that uh, they'll have a triggered ability and the triggered ability will ask that you roll a d20. And depending on the result of the die roll, the ability will uh, can be different. Mm-hmm. Usually it will be a sort of the same ability that will get stronger over time.
0: Yeah, so it'll be like Scry 1 or Scry 2 or Scry 3 and draw 2 or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, And so I've got an example here. We've got a card called Delina, Wild Mage. Uh, It's 3 and a red Mm -hmm. for a legendary creature, Elf Shaman. 3-2. And it reads, whenever Delina, Wild Mage attacks, choose target creature you control, then roll a d20. On a 1 to 14, as the result of your roll, create a tapped and attacking token that's a copy of that creature, except it's not legendary and it has the ability, exile this creature at the end of combat. If you roll a 15 to 20, you create one of those tokens and roll your d20 again, so you repeat the ability. So you have a weaker version and then a stronger version of the ability if you roll very well. what do you guys think of this mechanic, you know, we won't go over all of the cards that do this, but what do you think of uh, rolling a d20 for a more powerful ability?
0: I mean it it captures the the core of D&D, right? Uh and you know, flavor-wise and mechanic-wise it's a great one mm-hmm. um, to add, but you know, at a competitive standpoint, I guess it's its RNG, isn't it? Um,
1: yes, uh, in a competitive setting, um, adding Pussy. this sort of level of RNG to your game is not something you really want to do. Mm. Um, magic has enough RNG in it as it is. Yeah. Pause and, one second. Yeah.
2: Pause. What is RNG?
1: Uh, random number generation.
2: Thanks guys. Uh,
1: so RNG in a game is where you leave something up to random chances mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So the okay. roll of a dice is a random number generation and that determines yeah. the outcome. Uh, yep. So, when we say uh, leave it up to RNG, that's basically leaving it up to chance. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, drawing cards off the top of your library um, uh, is RNG, basically, mm. uh, but you can improve your chances by creating your deck a certain way, uh, by, you know, scrying and things. But, ultimately, what you draw off the top of your library is, uh, like, on, on a very base mathematics level, it is just a random number generation. Mm-hmm. There are X possible solutions and you're just picking one of those at, at, at random and you, that's what you're getting into your hand. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, okay. Yeah, so what do you guys think uh, of introducing die rolls into uh, and introducing RNG into the abilities of cards?
0: I like it a lot. Um, so when it comes to evaluating the card, it's difficult obviously because it is down to chance. But then you can also be like, is it worth... Is it like if if you imagine like the lowest roll that you're always gonna get and the worst you're gonna roll? Is it worth if you only ever got that in a match? And then if you, it is worth it, then it's definitely just a good card. Because mm. yeah. um, the other abilities are only gonna be, be be better. Um. And there are a few cards like that. There are a few cards that actually, if you roll like a one, it's a bad thing. Yeah. Which is similar it's to the like critical oh, fail. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's a kind of fail. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how how they sort of. Uh, or which cards get picked, I suppose. Yeah. Um, most of them are just going to be fun cards for other formats, I reckon.
1: I actually like that it's a um, triggered ability as well. Because mm. it kind of, flavour-wise, it feels like the, you know, Delina, uh, the legendary creature in question here, uh, the, the ability triggers when she attacks. So she right. tries to do something and then rolls to see how successful that is yeah um and so you know when a creature enters the battlefield again it's it tries to do something yeah and it rolls to see how successful it is and so yeah then being triggered abilities i think is uh is pretty cool mm-hmm. i actually think there might be some that are activated abilities not sure um, but I, I like the flavor of them being triggered abilities
0: yeah. yeah there are some where you can like pay mana to roll a dice or something yeah um and it's good that you picked this card up because there's actually a lot to talk about with this card, specifically Delina. Yes. Because of a... Well, it's a card that got errated straight away, um, which means it's been changed. De, oh, okay. Delina
1: <laughs> didn't, I don't think. Are you think, sure? Or... I think Delina did. and because So what does that one read? I root? think... So uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so there's another card that's been printed which brings in another feature of D&D. Uh, in D&D, when you make a dice roll... Uh, you can sometimes have to roll with advantage or disadvantage. If you roll with advantage, then you roll one extra dice and you eliminate the lowest result. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a card called Pixie Guide, Mm -hmm. which is one and a blue for a fairy creature. It's a 1-3 with flying and it has the ability grant an advantage. If you would roll one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one, really love that. It's a way of bringing advantage from D&D into magic. Uh, And two, so you might be right, uh, Sam. I I don't know which card was errated, but one of these cards was errated um, uh, or has already been errated uh, because there is a
0: 14% chance to go infinite.
1: Yes. Oh,
2: yes. You told
1: me about this, didn't you? Mm -hmm. One of you did anyway. Um, Do either of you want to explain the combo here?
0: So i'm actually not too certain myself i think so from trying to look at it myself so if you roll a 15 to so hold on when you when the when it attacks you choose type creature control then roll a d20 uh you create a copy of it um and if you roll 15 to 20 you create another copy of it is that right so you create two copies
1: no you create, oh, you create a, a copy t- an and then you roll again as
0: a copy of that creature mm-hmm. create one of those tokens roll a- oh so you just roll again i see um so you create one copy of the creature, and then if you get a high roll, you get to roll again, and and have the chance to make another copy mm-hmm. of it. So with Pixie Guide, um, having the advantage makes the uh, makes the chance of rolling fifteen to twenty with advantage like forty percent, fourteen percent to just keep
1: getting infinite tokens. Right, okay, yeah. Um, It's it's
0: something like that? Yes,
1: this close. So it's actually, um, it's what we call, uh, do you know what? I don't know if this is quite the the correct maths term, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's asymptotic. uh, uh, Meaning that, uh, so the way the combo works is if you've got Delina and Pixie Guide on the battlefield, Mm -hmm. uh, Delina attacks and you roll with advantage because you've got pixie guide down
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so you roll two dice if one of them is above 15 and you make a tapped and attacking token copy of pixie guide
2: oh i see and then oh, so then you get more you get advantage. more advantage. yes
1: and then you have to roll again but this time you've got two pixie guides so you roll three dice yeah and if any of them are above 15 uh then do it again. You make another copy of yeah. Pixie Guide. You have to roll again, and you roll four dice. And if any of those are above 15, mm-hmm. you do it again and again. Mm-hmm. And so what's crazy about this is it's not guaranteed to go infinite, mm-hmm. but the more successes you have, the more successful you're likely to be. Yeah. Each time yeah. that you pull off the, the roll, uh, you're much more likely to be successful on the next one because you're rolling with an additional advantage die. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, they didn't erase the combo out. You can still do that. Mm-hmm. The the what they did do is on Delina's text, um, rolling a fifteen to twenty says create one of those tokens. Roll again. She got changed to create one of those tokens. You may roll again, yeah. so that it literally can't doesn't go infinite. You can make it go infinite if you want to, mm-hmm. uh, but there is okay. a small there is a chance that you literally can't play magic
1: because you have yeah. to keep on doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, because by the official <laughs> rules of the game, because it's non optional. Uh, you would have to just, just keep, keep rolling. Keep, keep Each it. successful roll makes oh, it more to likely look. that you're gonna get it successful again. Yeah. And then the, the, the game is just soft locked. It just
0: softlocked, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. the errata okay.
1: lets you choose to stop rolling. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you can still make infinite tokens. Mm-hmm. Interesting decision by wizards here.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: they know this combo exists. Yeah. They've decided to keep it in. Um yeah. this two-card combo that has a and so it is asymptotic in that no matter how many pixie guys you create, you are never guaranteed to succeed yeah. uh, your roll. And so the probability, uh, so let's say the probability of you rolling a 15 to 20 the first time is a one in four, because mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, you're rolling with advantage, though, which makes it, I believe, one in four, uh, but double the chance.
0: It wouldn't make it one in two, would it?
1: um, Yes, I think it would. It would, yeah, because you have two chances, uh, one in four. Um, And then (laughs) each time you succeed the combo gets more likely to go off again, Mm -hmm. but it never, ever actually reaches one. It never reaches a 100% chance. It just gets closer and closer and closer and closer. Infinitely closer, Mm -hmm. but never never actually reaches 100%. And so, really cool, mathematically. uh, Really cool interaction. Really cool two-card combo. Don't know whether it will be good enough in standard. It's very chaotic. I think it could be, right? It it could be. It, It was a bit if there's like a dice roll deck maybe because there is a lot of dice roll I think mechanics I think Delina being two toughness makes it not viable in standard at the moment
0: at the moment yeah that's a good point
1: like as long as Stomp as long as Bonecrusher Giant exists in the format no two mana creature that uh, sorry no two toughness creature that has to wait around a turn before it can go off is gonna be viable in standard and I think that um, it's not exactly 14%, but with this particular combo, as Sam said, the odds from the first roll, the odds of you just going basically infinite forever are f- about 14%. Yeah, about a 14% chance to get to a point where you're just going to be rolling forever. So funny. Mm-hmm.
0: Won't
2: this, like, break arena? Yeah, it could. Yes. Because well,
1: there's a the thing there's when there's the
2: you get clause. loads of tokens, right? Yeah. Then doesn't well, that, like, sometimes make it so it's that, like do another move or you it lose would the game. Have.
1: It would have broken yeah, arena. that's what the errata was uh, it for. It technically would have broken paper as well. But yeah. yeah, the errata makes it so that you have to choose to re-roll, uh, which means that now you're just going to have to sit there and click through on arena oh. until you've yeah, got like 40 tokens. Yeah. But the tokens are actually attacking. So as soon as you hit stop, you're dealing a lot damage to your opponent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you do win oh, right there on win. the spot.
0: Oh, th- I think that combo has definite potential and standards there. It's
1: breakable, right?
0: It's definitely possible because it yeah, yeah you it, like it has to stick around for one turn but it has to stick around for one turn and then it wins and all that you need
1: good. to be honest all you need is this two mana creature on the battlefield mm-hmm. and that has three toughness so that's that yeah. can stick around uh, and then delina to come in with haste mm-hmm. and like because all she needs to do is attack, attack. to trigger the uh, mm-hmm. the ability. So yeah
0: <laughs> def- this I think this will get banned actually. Do you I'm think see, so? I'm seeing a bag coming along. Do you think it's this. that
1: breakable in standard? I,
0: I do think it is. Not even in stat... like even in historic, this is overpowered. Mm. Um because it's a combo, it's a two card combo. I guess so is things like Neostorm, but Neostorm could be dealt with. Um but I don't know, like I can't think of any hate cards that deal with this. Things like Drowned Magistrate doesn't deal with this.
1: Uh any remote shock deals with it.
0: Yeah, but shock deals with that, that, you can't you can't evaluate a card because it can be removed, right? Otherwise, every every card is bad because it
1: doesn't have indestructible.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, but I think it's specifically the two toughness. Maybe. on Hondalina. Maybe I think that was on purpose. Very, yeah, I think that's very balancing. I think yeah. that makes it very removable.
0: Yeah, it is. But you know, so is like I guess Seagate Stormcaller. Oh, that's an end of the battlefield though, wasn't it? So that's my new storm is OP. But yeah, like I don't know. I think I think there will be some problems
1: well if we'll we're see. if we're talking about um two card combos mm-hmm. there is another combo in standard which mm-hmm. uh is going to be available once afr comes out okay. which is not two card but it is is two turn uh and oh it's, yeah it's it's four <laughs> cards uh, it's six cards technically <laughs> yes yeah technically <laughs> um so there is a uh, uh a new mechanic being printed in Adventures of the Forgotten Realms called Pack Tactics, mm-hmm. um, which usually means uh, if you attack with creatures that have total power six or greater, then you get some payoff. Yeah. There is a card being printed called Minion of the Mighty, which is uh, one red for. Is everybody sitting so down?
0: Red, single yes. red mana. One Sorry, red single red.
1: Yeah, you're right. So just a red mana. Uh, so it is red mana for a kobold creature. Uh, with zero one.
2: Okay. Those are its
1: stats. Uh, which <laughs> for a start I love because we don't see kobolds. I don't. Th- I don't think we've seen kobolds before in Magic. So new creature type. I think we have. Oh yeah, no, we have. Yeah, we've got the like. We have seen kobolds, but they are really. We- I think they have been zero power historically, yeah. and so I love that we're keeping them zero power. Mm-hmm. Um, minion of the mighty, though it is a a one mana zero one in red. It has pack tactics, uh, which means if you attack with creatures totaling power six or greater, you can put a dragon card, uh, you can put target dragon creature from your hand onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <laughs> there's, uh, there's, a, there's a, a turn two kill in standard here. Turn one, okay. you play Minion of the Mighty. Mm -hmm. Turn two you cast infuriate which gives it plus three plus two for one red mana Mm -hmm. Then you cast infuriate again Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Which makes it a six four for two red mana total and you attack with it and that triggers pack tactics Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you put down uh, Terror of Mount Mm Velus, which is a dragon that was printed in the Theros set. I believe it has four It's a 5-6, I think?
0: Yeah, 5 power,
1: and it gives all of your attacking creatures double strike. And it has double strike itself. And it has double strike. Uh, Oh,
0: okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, you put down Terror of Mount Velas, tapped and attacking. Uh, It has 5 power. Your minion of the mighty has 6 power. Both of them now have double strike, and they're both attacking. Which is 22 damage. Which is 22 damage on turn 2, in standard. Mm -hmm. You need 2 lands... Two infuriates minion of the mighty and terror of Mount Velas, which is probably hard to pull off. But honestly, if you can pull this off turn three or four, it's still really, really good. Yeah, it's
0: it's the fact that it is a turn two theoretical win. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been one of those in a while fought in standard, even if it's like seven cards in your hand uh, to get to like. There's not been a turn two theoretical win, Mm. uh, despite how low the chances are. So it's cool to see. Yeah, that Um, is cool. And, you know, you can just play, like, mono... Actually, you no, know, mono-red's a bit too streamlined at the moment, so I don't know. I think the deck will be, have to be built around this. Yes, so, I, well, yeah. I
1: agree with that. I think that um, whilst you could look at this and think, holy crap, this is a, <laughs> OP. Uh, yeah, an insane turn-to potential win for uh, mono-red, I think what you've got to remember with this is that I don't think Minion of the Mighty would see play on its own. Mm, and any other Terror of Mount Belus has been in standard for over a year and has not seen play in any standard deck because it's not very good by itself. Yeah, it's mm. like a seven
0: mana, five, five flying dragon or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: And uh, and so whilst this combo is really powerful, the individual cards in it aren't super great. Yeah, even in mm. Fury
0: it's not really played. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah.
1: So that i think is really really important to remember when you're considering whether these uh, whether these combos can be broken or not yes this combo is powerful but the cards by themselves that make up the combo aren't very good mm. and so if you if the mono red deck that is currently in standard played in standard shifts this combo i think it weakens the overall deck big time yeah
0: cuz as well like if you if your deck isn't designed to play this on turn two and it's de- even as you said earlier like if it's good on turn three and turn four i would disagree because the combo just gets stuffed by a, a creature a mm-hmm. single creature a single blocker because mm-hmm. they don't have trample or anything yeah, yeah. so a single blocker on the ground or even in the air um is enough to stuff this out mm-hmm. so even the turn two theoretical win, you pass it to your opponent's and they play and uh, uh planes and a stuffless save yeah and yeah. that's mm-hmm. it that's the combo
1: Brilliant. and against a control deck uh you know if you're if you're on the draw, mm-hmm. uh, which does make it more likely that you'll assemble the combo. Yeah. Uh, have the two-mana removal. Yeah, a, a single a blood, ch- but a blood, blood Chief's Thirst.
0: Yeah, Blood Chief's Thirst or even Heartless Act. Or Heartless point. Act yeah. at Eliminate. instant
1: speed. yeah, Any any removal spell so does stuff the combo. So very uh,
0: weak it's, combo, but it's possible. It is
1: possible and very explosive, but I don't think that it's really going to take no. off. No. Um, okay, so what we've also seen in Adventures of the Forgotten Realms is tons and tons of treasure. Mm-hmm. Loads of ways to make treasure. Um, We've seen a new kind of uh, use for treasure, where we have lots of cards that have an additional effect if you use mana from a treasure to cast them
0: yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: um, and things like that. Which uh, I also, well, I I really like this because it kind of plays into this, uh, frankly, trope, I think, in Mm D&D where everything revolves around money. (laughs) <laughs> um, okay yeah uh, and it's sense. yeah like you you take quests and you get rewards and you can get more if you can you can just you can just sort of you can pay your way through a lot of quests in in, in D. um and so i like the the treasure theme uh what do you guys think of treasures being like, do you think treasures could be really powerful in standard or
0: yeah i mean i think there are uh treasure synergies already in the standard with mm-hmm. the prismari card right yes the prismari dragon when it ends back but it makes a treasure yeah and, goldspan dragon and goldspan mm-hmm. dragon as well yeah um, prismari
1: command can make a treasure
0: yeah i think there's already good blue red treasure cards and there is red treasure cards in afr which i think will be very good mm-hmm. um if you're able to consistently make treasures and use treasures which i think there is in standard so there are some cards that i think will slot into that deck um and yeah you know treasures are <laughs> very D, right um so yeah i think it's pretty cool to include
1: treasures are uh pretty decent in commander as well Mm -hmm. so i think i'm sure we'll see a lot more treasury cards coming out i would love to see a reprint of dockside extortionist because that card's really expensive Mm. um maybe not in standard maybe it gets printed in the commander decks Mm -hmm. but that card i think does need a reprint
0: i don't know if it needs it i don't know i'm not a fan of that card no i think it's just a combo card right it's it's just yeah. a two-mana combo piece. There's no other way you can really play with it. Mm. You're not really gonna play it in like a. You could play it in a Revel the riches deck, of course, but like you're not really gonna play it in a Goblin's deck or something. It's just a.
1: You could, I think, you could play it in a I Goblin's suppose. deck or a Pirate's deck because it's pure upside with that. Yeah, card. that's
0: the thing. That's the thing. It is pure upside. Like, it's a two-mana and card that. Any every red deck no matter what you're playing would just play it mm-hmm. right because it yeah everyone plays artifacts in commander Do are you, are you aware of what Side Extortionist does
2: uh, I know the name but not off the top of my head
0: it's a two mana goblin I think it's like a two one or one whatever when it enters the battlefield you make x treasure tokens where x is the number of artifacts on the battlefield okay so including all of your, like, your opponents ramp artifacts mm-hmm. and, so in commander it's just really powerful yeah. you, it's a two mana creates like 20 mana so if you keep flickering it it's like infinite mana mm-hmm um, and if you, for example, in the post Malone game, uh, Jimmy actually had the chance to go infinite because he had like Garn- Garner the Blood Flame and Dockside Extortionist, which is like a whenever it dies, it's return creatures back. Name from
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> There there the name from Yeah. There was a combo that he was able to pull off. Um, but yeah, like, it, I don't know. I don't like the card. I just think it's a bit OP.
1: Yeah, it is. It's one of those cards that's uh, like Sensei's Divining (coughs) Top and uh, Magus of the Future. It's one of those cards that's really, really, really heavily used in combos, Yeah, uh, which I think can make it feel a little bit, I'm going to say, like, cliche or overused, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's a bit, like, you you know, I don't know how to put it, like, not thematic or anything. Maybe not. It's, I just it's cheap. You just don't like it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's just a cheap car You're <laughs>
1: just a goblin racist. Yeah. Um, okay. There's. I don't like storm. <laughs> yeah. You just don't like. Storm, yeah, you don't right. like storm. Basically. Yeah, that's fair. Um There is a new uh, type of a new subtype that we've seen, mm-hmm. which is uh, actually really really cool. Uh, it is enchantment classes.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for these. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. these look
1: really really great. Uh, so they're similar to sagas except you don't sacrifice them after the third stage mm-hmm. and you have to pay mana to progress them from yeah, stage 1 to, level up, two, yeah. to 3 yeah so it's like leveling up uh, and all of them are all the ones we've seen so far at least are a D&D class um, so you've got like uh, fighter class mm-hmm. is the name of the spell mm-hmm. uh, and it will have it will be an enchantment class mm-hmm. uh, and it will have three stages that you can progress through by pouring mana into it um, And And you'll have monk class, paladin class. Those are a few of the ones we've seen. And some of them are really, really really good. good. Yes. Uh, And some of them just look really great. Have you guys seen these cards? And what do you think of them?
0: I've seen, yeah, I've seen most of them, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head, but what I do remember is some of them just being really powerful. Um, Because remember, like, not similar to sagas, they, they enter the battlefield with the first ability and then they keep those abilities as yeah. they level up. Yeah. So you get the first one and the second one. And when you level up again, you get the first, second, and third all together and mm-hmm. you keep those for as long as it's, it's on the battlefield, um, which makes them really, I think, really good. Like, they're just really good value. Yeah. Um, and you can, can you level up at instant speed?
1: Uh, yeah, looks like so it. So
0: that's a good sort of mana sink.
1: Oh, if, no, uh, no, as a sorcerer. As a
0: sorcerer, Okay. So, not as good as a mana sink, then, because you can't use your leftover mana. But, yeah, like, still, you know, there are some great uh, classes. I haven't actually picked one out. So,
1: uh, let's go through some of the more busted ones. Yeah. Uh, So, one of the more powerful ones is Sorcerer Class, Mm -hmm. which is a blue and a red for an enchantment class. Mm -hmm. When Sorcerer Class enters the battlefield, draw two cards, then discard two cards. Uh, Then you can pay... Blue and a red to get it up to level two. When you do so, creatures you control have tap, add blue or red, spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell or to gain a class level. So it Mm -hmm. turns all your creatures into mana rocks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then level three is three blue, red. That's the cost. And it reads, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, that spell deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn so this is busted yeah. for storm yeah. decks in edh yeah uh this Thankfully is you
2: just took yours apart <laughs> yes
1: and i have. Uh, i regret it because uh, it's so cheap to get down um, I really like, uh, so with these, unlike a saga, like Sam said, uh, it keeps all abilities. Once you level it up, it has all of its past abilities as well, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go anywhere. It stays, it persists on the battlefield. Enchantments are, are a lot harder to interact with. This one in particular is a, so it's a loot card. It's a mana rock in a way. It, it makes all your creatures a mana wrap, rocks. Yeah. And it is a win con all on one card. Yeah. Which is just so, so good. Yeah, they're, so good. They're
0: very, very efficient, mm-hmm. these cards, the car- class cards. Um, I think they will see lots of play. They're all rares as well, so I can see see the prices being quite pricey. Not all of them are rares, actually. There are a couple uncommon ones, um, but most of the, the good ones uh, are <laughs> rares. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, really like them. Uh, I think it's a cool new kind of mechanic, I would say. Uh, obviously, the level-up has been in magic before but this was a good way to introduce level up and not just sticking on the creature which would just been like recycling the old mechanics yeah um this was a cool creative way to yeah you level up your your sorcerer class I really like it it's really cool
1: it is really really cool um I like
0: the mono-white one, especially. The paladin class, yeah. which costs a single white mana, which is really, really cheap for the first ability. Mm-hmm. Which is The first ability, I think, is good enough on its Is Spells your opponent cast during your turn cost one more to cast. So it's like a one-mana tide taker mm-hmm. on turn one. You level it up for three mana. Uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And then you can level it up again for five mana whenever uh, you attack until end of turn one of your... Attacking creatures gets plus one plus one, but each other attacking creature and gains double strike, um, which is just powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's a lot of mana to spend into this, unfortunately, which means I don't think it will
1: be too good um, in terms of like standard and and, and mono white aggro. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, yes, m- maybe mono white aggro doesn't want to play a one drop uh, at the start of the game that doesn't add to the board. Yeah, uh, and... but each of these. Abilities is just so good. Yeah. Um. You do have to skip your turn
0: three to get plus one plus one. mm -hmm. Not put down like a like in historic you would just put down like a banalish marshal or something, which
1: gives all your creatures plus one plus one and is a three 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 itself, itself. which does make a big difference.
0: Yeah. There's also the the new three mana three three vigilance creature in the adventures for Garmrath, which is a dragon dragon knight I think or dragon warrior. Let's look it up. Uh, is it like Nadar or something? Yeah. Selfless Pilgrim, something like that. Um he had he's part of the venture into the dungeon mechanics. uh, And when he is it when he enters the battlefield and attacks?
1: So you're thinking of Nadar Selfless Paladin. Yeah. Uh, he costs two and a white for a legendary creature, Dragon Knight. He is a three three with vigilance. Whenever Nadar Selfless Paladin enters the battlefield or attacks, venture into the dungeon. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, as long as you've completed a dungeon.
0: Yeah, so that would just be a better turn three in general if you'd spend three mana on this than three mana on that. But then, yeah, it is... It, you have to evaluate it on the fact that you you get the, all the abilities if you pay all the mana into mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, a um, really cool card either way.
1: I really like the, the flavour there as well. So with the paladin class, um, it is very... Uh, in keeping with the law of paladins in MTG. Uh, yeah. Like, they are, yeah, they're, they're offensive, but bulk, they're kind of bulky offense. Uh, they, they're, like, they're very defensive. They often have a lot of rallying effects. Uh, they have some healing effects that, like, they can, they can heal up other. Uh, and, and so they kind of, they protect the party uh, with that first level of the class. Then they buff everyone. Uh, and then they kind of uh, they get rallied by the whole party attacking together. They get even stronger, um, mm-hmm. and it just it all it all makes sense. It all like fits in. It, yeah, it yeah. all it all it all fits in so well. Uh, I'm a big fan of it, and I also like that these class spells, they feel to me like they are referencing uh, you in the game. So
0: okay.
1: when yeah. you, you when you sit down and play magic, uh, by the law you are a planeswalker and you're engaging in a planeswalker battle with another planeswalker. That's the person sat across the table from you. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, um, what we see is us summoning creatures and playing spells to do stuff for us. Uh, But it feels like these classes um, are actually kind of designed to feel like our character is leveling up in these classes. So we are training as a paladin. We are training as a fighter or a Mm -hmm. monk. Um, Which I think is really cool. Like, rather than just buffing up one of your creatures, uh, rather than making one of your creatures really powerful, having a commander to do your work for you, it feels like, I don't know, it feels to me like maybe you're contributing a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Which which I do like. Uh, And I think that the flavor's been on point. I hope that we see these for... um, all of the classes, and there's a couple more that I want to go through, which are insanely busted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so actually, we'll just go through one more, uh, which I think is really, really busted, uh, and it is classic. In D and D, the most busted class is the bard. The bard. They just they can do so Bar-bless. much bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the bard class enchantment is so breakable i think so it costs red and a green for an enchantment Mm -hmm. class legendary creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on them okay uh legendary spells you cast ah so wait hold on you have to pay a red and a green to level it up Mm -hmm. level two reads legendary spells you cast cost red green less to cast this effect reduces only the amount of colored mana you pay. And then you have to pay three red-green for level three, which reads, whenever you cast a legendary spell, exile the top two cards of your library, you may play them this turn. So okay. in a um, so I, I think this is already really good. Yeah. In a red-green deck with a lot of Planeswalkers, a lot of legendary permanents. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this is breakable is um, because of the existence of things like Ren and Six which is a Legendary Planeswalker that costs mm-hmm. red-green. Um, so you basically, you can play it for free once this is on level three, and it draws you two cards, or exiles two cards, and you can play them. Um, Domri Anarch of... Is it called Anarch of Bolus?
0: Yeah. One of the Domries, yeah. One
1: well, of the, that
2: is one of them. Is that yeah. one
1: of them? Uh, it costs three mana. It costs one red-green, and it can uptick and give you a red, which basically makes it free
0: can only be cast on creature spells though, something like that, right?
1: You can only use that to cast creature yes. spells. Is something, that right?
0: I think something like that.
1: Yeah, uh, you're right. There might be a stipulation on how, you send, on how you spend yeah. that mana. Um, and I can't think of any others, but I believe mm. there are more legendary spells that only cost red, green. And so you could potentially just go through your whole deck and just dump out your whole deck for free mm. with this single enchantment uh, being leveled up. Red, green are also really good ramp colors. Yeah. So you can get there quickly and you potentially dump out your entire uh, your entire hand or your entire deck, possibly. Uh, I need to check actually whether this is possible, but I think that it is.
0: What do you think of this, Sarah?
2: That makes me feel like Sammy doesn't think it's good. No, I'm just asking. <laughs> Well, I think if you you have to build a really specific deck for it to be mm-hmm. good, but I guess that's kinda of the point with a lot of things. I dunno, I don't know if it's breakable. Maybe it is. I don't know. How many legendary creatures like would you want in a deck? I don't know, like I don't know.
1: I'm going to level with you, Josh. This card sucks. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) I think that is a grave misassessment. (laughs) Any card that gives you ramp and card advantage on one card is broken. And this does that and then does more. It allows you you to, because it can kind of go infinite. But any card that gives you ramp and card advantage, those are the two most powerful things you could do in magic.
0: I think this is a good card, but there's what do you you think it would be good in?
1: I think that this is potentially breakable in modern. Okay. Actually, uh, that's where Renin 6 is legal. Yeah. Um, because what you could do is play Renin 6, up and down ticket, whatever, uh, play Domri, up and down ticket, and then replace it with another one and replace it with another one and get tons and tons of value that but way. Renin
0: 6 is only powerful because you play it on two mana.
1: Yeah, but this makes it free.
0: On turn 4 plus?
1: Yes, yeah, possibly. Um, I can't, I, I, I <laughs> do you know, what, let's, let's make a, let's make a gentleman's bet on this one. Oh. on Whether this gentleman's card gets, whether this card gets broken. Uh, well, no, no, I just want to, I just <laughs> want to prove my point. Okay. I think this card is going to be busted somewhere. I think it will be. Okay. Right, let's, let's make a gentleman's bet. Yeah, let's see. In a few episodes, oh. uh, from now, we will see whether Bard class is, is really, really busted.
0: Okay. I think it costs too much. You're effectively paying nine mana for the whole card.
1: For, the all three. for infinite, well, for ramp and infinite card draw. Yes.
0: But again, like when you were saying like you empty your whole deck, if you empty your whole deck of legendary things, you only get one of each thing.
1: Yes, but you get to <laughs> uptick <laughs> each planeswalker as you go. Like, yeah, I, I think that there's there's a, a shell for uh, this card that, that it can be broken in. Mm-hmm. I think if built around, it could be really, really, really good. Um,
0: we shall see. Watch this space. Yes. Yeah,
1: we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So we've also seen... Um, in fact, before we, were, uh, before we were talking about that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what was it we were talking about? Uh, the Venture mechanic, right? So we've talked about Venture and mm-hmm. Dungeons before, so we won't go over what those are again. Mm-hmm. But now that we've seen more Venture cards, what are your guys' thoughts on Venture and Dungeons?
0: I still feel like we need to see more to fully understand it um, from what we can see and also because of the commander decks as well which have been they've shown the face commanders now and no other cards um, Venture will be a blue white and black mechanic um, so Esper colors um, and I just feel like it's not as good as but in, in limited obviously Venture will be great But I feel like black and white or black and blue or blue and black have way better archetypes than Venture. If you built your deck around Venture, um, I feel like if you're playing any of those colours, you you can play black-white sacrifice or blue-black rogues or blue-white control. I think they you can be way more powerful.
1: Why is that? What makes a mechanic more powerful than Venture?
0: Well, it's not even the mechanic, it's the deck archetype. Like, I don't see a way you can fit Venture into a control deck. I don't see a way you can fit it into because especially because the Rogueless is so refined right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, what's the other one? White-Black. White-Black doesn't really see a lot of play in Standard, but I, from what I've seen, there's like Black-White Clerics, or Black-White Sacrifice, Black-White Tokens, uh, or even Black-White Knights, Um I haven't seen enough support for a venture deck necessarily, like a black white mm. venture deck. And I don't see it being a mechanic that you just splash in a little bit of knights, you know, play one creature, one creature that's really powerful that can venture. Uh, because you need to be able to venture and, and finish a dungeon by like turn three or four, I would say, for it to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would require your deck having, you know, a one man adventure, a two man adventure, or another one man adventure or something um and therefore your deck having to be built around the mechanic i I don't know i don't see a deck out of it just yet but there is more cards to come they could print a lot of um support for it they they printed a lot of support for black white clerics which doesn't see a lot of play but it is still a decent deck yeah um you can definitely consider that deck being quite good um so yeah we will we will see how it goes what about
1: you sarah what do you think of dungeons and adventures so far
2: I think they're the same as Sammy. Like, the dungeons seem cool, but to make them good, you'd have to build a deck around it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't play standard at all, so I can't really talk about if it would fit in. But yeah, if there's not creatures good enough to warrant building a deck around Venture, then surely it's just not going to see play. And that's a shame, because dungeons, I mean, it's, you know... It's it is one cool. of the words in Dungeons & Dragons, <laughs> so it would be...
1: I'm, I'm not sure I actually agree with either of you. I okay. think that um, you don't need to build a deck around dungeons and venture for yeah. it to be worth playing because it's in most cases it's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the venturing mm-hmm. is in, very, in many cases uh, is done with an ETB effect or an attack effect, yeah. and so it's something you want to do anyway, uh, which makes it in in a lot of ways it's actually free value. I think that uh, I think that wizards have just played it really, really, really safe. Mm-hmm. With the dungeon mechanic, yeah. because it's free, because yeah. they know, like companions, uh, they have learned about the the issues with making things free, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and cards are hard to errata uh, I think I think wizards have really shown that they've learned a hard lesson from last year's insanely high power <laughs> creep. Yeah. Um, and so what we're seeing now is this mechanic where you can get value for doing what you're doing anyway, um, which is what made companions so powerful, was that you could get this extra value, this extra card, for yeah. uh, and it, there was so little downside to your deck that it was virtually just doing what you were doing anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's what made them so, so, so good. And I can see the possibility of dungeons going the same way, which is why I think wizards have attacked it from two angles, one, the three dungeons that we've seen are very underwhelming. Mm. Um, and I, while I think it's a fairly cool mechanic, I, I don't think it is... Uh, I, don't think, I don't really like any of the dungeons we've seen. I don't think any of them no. are that good. Yeah. Um, and the costs for venturing from everything that we've seen so far has been way higher than I would probably put it if I were designing a card. And I don't anticipate we're going to see that change. We have not seen a single one or two mana way to venture. And Venture is n- never, even for the last ability on a lot of the dungeons, it's not good enough to pay three mana for, in my, in my opinion.
0: Mm. I think there have been some cards that have that are quite cheap in Venture. I'm not sure.
1: I don't think so.
0: Maybe not. Um, there's a land that can Venture.
1: Yeah, but that, how much does that cost? Five mana. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um... Oh, wait, I never saw this. I never saw th- there's a There's a blue white legendary, three mana, that doubles the triggers of dungeon.
1: Yes, doubles your ventures. Yeah, that. that's mm-hmm.
0: really cool. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking for cheap ventures. There's a two mana, two one, that can't be blocked if it's attacking alone, and when it deals combat damage, it ventures.
1: So that is two mana, has to stick around for a turn, has to attack. Like, that's more than just two oh, mana, good, I think. It's
0: a rogue as well.
1: Yes, I have seen that card, and that, that seems like one of the better ways to trigger your Venture, um, but it is pretty conditional. It's two-mana conditional, it's one and it mana takes aura. an extra turn.
0: One-mana Aura that uh, enchants a creature, and it gives flying and deals combat damage to a player of Dungeon. That is good. That's
1: fairly decent. That's a good yeah.
0: way, because that effectively has haste if your creature came in on... So, let say you play a turn one creature, mm-hmm. and then it's like Curious Obsession. Um, you know, you're... you're It's not actually haste, but if you're enchanted to a creature that has not got summoning sickness, then it can attack straight away. Mm. It is like like
1: Curious Obsession, except a pale comparison, because I think in all of the dungeons that we've seen, I feel like I'd probably rather draw a card than any of the modes on any of the dungeons. Like, they've all seemed very underpowered. Mm. And I think that's an intentional choice by wizards. I think that actually what this gives them scope to do is create much more powerful and interesting dungeons. Mm. Um... Where where like the three dungeons we've seen have been well one there's only three of them two they've been really quite underpowered and underwhelming yeah. so maybe like since they've they've overcosted venture I think and and underpowered it it makes it easier for them to to power it up a little bit in future print new dungeon cards which possibly make venturing worth it even though it costs quite a lot
0: I'm not okay. sure this seems like the kind of mechanic that would stick to the set um... I can't imagine it being like an evergreen thing, like Ward was for Strixhaven, mm. um, and I think, like for example, like Magecraft. Well,
1: we've seen Ward show up in this set.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's an evergreen. They've stated yes. that was evergreen. Okay. Yeah. Before the set came out, they stated that Ward would be evergreen and mm-hmm. Magecraft wouldn't, um, and they haven't stated anything about dungeons being a future. Things. Yeah. I, I think thematically, they're going to keep um, dungeons to this set.
1: Yes, that is, uh, I think so. But I do think that with the amount of hype that we've seen from this set and uh, how excited people are about it, mm. to be honest, how excited I am for this set, which I haven't <laughs> been for a magic set for a long time, Yeah, I think that wizards would definitely consider revisiting. Uh, so the Forgotten Realms is just one realm in yeah. D&D. Uh, like we could definitely do other... Places in D anD D, other realms, and like, there's a lot that you can do, right? Ravnica. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> great idea. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I think that that's it's it's pretty iconic for the set, the venturing dungeon yeah. mechanic, mm-hmm. but it's pretty underpowered. Um, and I I really I don't expect us to see any overpowered venture cards. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that it's going to be really that great.
0: Yeah, I would say of the four commanders that we saw,
1: which I think we should actually
0: talk about next episode, because uh, I'm assuming by then they'll release the this card. This
1: will be out, yeah. Yeah,
0: um, the the Esper Commander, Venture Commander thingy does look really fun out of all four of them. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll save that for next episode. Let's carry on talking about adventures. Sarah, is there any card that you've like
1: caught that's caught your eye, per se?
2: Not really.
0: No.
1: I
2: haven't really looked, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Um, we've also seen a cycle of man lands in the Sam. Oh, yeah. Um, so, for example, we've got Cave of the Frost Dragon, which is a land. Uh, if you control two or more other lands, Cave of the Frost Dragon enters the battlefield tapped. Uh, it taps to add white. And you can pay four on a white. Cave of the Frost Dragon becomes a 3-4 white dragon creature with flying until end of turn. It's still a land. So, mm-hmm. Sam... Can you tell us why man lands are good in MTG? What's so good about a land that can turn into a creature?
0: So lands that can turn into creatures are... When you when you look at a card, you have to decide whether it can be a good aggressive card, a good control card, or a mid-range card. Man lands are amazing as aggro and control cards um, because they... It's the versatility of being able to tap for mana and also being a win condition in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you imagine in like a control deck, they don't have to play, they don't want to play creatures, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't have to, but they still get a creature which can deal damage and kill you uh, just by using a land, which is what makes manlands really powerful. Um, And these ones, yeah, this cycle of them is insane. Um, Of the five of them, the one that you picked out, the white one, I think is the least powerful. But that's not to say that it's power. Like they're still insanely powerful. Um, and another thing as well is generally speaking, because these ones specifically say that they become a creature until end of turn, you use them to attack and then they become a land at the end of turn, which means they're not going to be hit by board wipes. Mm-hmm. So post board wipe, you can still have your land. And then they've used all their mana to wipe creatures. I'm still going to attack you for four yeah. and keep up the pressure. They're mm-hmm. really, really good at keeping up the pressure. Um, and, yeah, you know, you don't have to pay mana for it, like, to play the land. Uh, obviously, you have to pay mana for the ability, mm-hmm. but, you know, this is, if you don't use this, you have to think, like, if you don't use this as the creature side, it's still a land, yeah. which is more than enough value, I feel. Um, so, yeah, these are just generally really powerful cards.
1: There's a really good explanation. Um, and yes, you're right. I think Cave of the Frost Dragon is one of the weaker ones. Um, the, uh, but I, what I really like is that the cycle of man lands that we've seen, there's one in each color, mm-hmm. and they do have, I think, uh, different places in different decks. Mm-hmm. So uh, the red one makes, I think, Goblin Yeah, it,
0: or It's a 3-2 Goblin itself, and when it attacks, it creates a 1-1 attacking Goblin like mm-hmm. Legion Warboss.
1: Yes, which is super, super great for when you need to keep up the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, the blue one which you'd probably see more in control decks yeah. makes like a 7-6 giant Yeah. Uh, really really good defensive card um, Then, uh, but the white one creates an evasive creature yeah. it's <laughs> a creature with flying that could actually be really relevant in a yeah. mono white aggro deck being able to pay 5 mana to close out the game with a 3 power flyer it's, is yeah. decent
0: it's difficult, yeah it is good because uh, you have to remember with the mana costs on them if their ability says like five mana and tap, that is effectively six mana because you're using it as a yes. land still. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: you kind of have to. But they don't have six mana. To... In, in these cases, uh, well, tapping it to turn it into a creature would be pretty lame. Exactly. It'd be
0: worse. <laughs> uh, which is why things like Faceless Haven in Kaldheim, which was a snowman land, mm-hmm. and you pay three snow mana uh, to activate it, and it has vigilance as well. Um, which means mm. you can attack with it and then use it for mana you on your second main phase. You can still use it for mana, on the, um, yeah. So Faceless Haven is still probably tiers above all of these man lands, but who's to say you can't play both? I, I yeah. think
1: that Faceless Haven goes down as more and more lands get printed, to be honest. As more and more like yeah. powerful lands get printed that aren't snow lands. Yeah. Faceless yeah. Haven gets harder and harder to run. It does, because
0: yeah, you do have to run snow lands with Faceless Haven, but I think there is... Uh, I I, th- I saw someone do the math the other day. I think there is room to play... Snowlands, uh, Faceless Haven and so say you're running Mono Red, you, there's enough to run Den of the Bugbear because mm. um, you can have still have 16 snowlands
1: Den of the Bugbear is the name of the red man land?
0: Yeah, apologies um, yeah, so if you're still running 4 Faceless Haven, 4 Den of the Bugbear mm-hmm. and then 16 snowlands, that's 24 lands mm-hmm. the Faceless Haven themselves count as a snow mana, so yeah. you can use multiples of Faceless Haven to tap for another one um, so that's 20 snow lands and eight man lands. Like, I think that's more than enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's it's going to be, I think mono, mono-coloured decks will storm off, not storm off, will take off, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> not there's, storm, hopefully. I think there's, there's more incentive yeah. to play mono decks. Yeah, um, especially
0: with the terrible land base, because yeah. the rare land cycle is monocolored lands, which yeah. means they're not dual-coloured yeah. lands, which means land base sucks. Mm. Um, So there is more incentive to play Mono
1: for sure. Speaking of Faceless Haven, by the way, Mm. uh, there is another combo in this set so far with Faceless Haven Uh that seems possibly very busted to me. I haven't heard about this. Um, uh, I know you've looked at this, Sarah. Do you want to tell us about it?
2: Oh, yeah. I know things. Um, I don't know what the card's called, though, that it's weird. It's
1: called The Book of Exalted Deeds so it is uh, white 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 for a legendary artifact it's a mythic in the set and it reads at the beginning of your end step if you gained three or more life this turn create a three three white angel creature token with flying then it reads white 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 tap exile the book of exalted deeds Put an enlightened counter on target angel. <laughs> it gains. You can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. Activate only as a sorcery. What the hell? So with this card, you can kind of you can pay uh, three white mana to build your own platinum angel. Um, you can put a counter on any angel that you want. Uh, it, this makes three threes. Uh, a lot of the angels in standard are four fours. Uh, platinum Angel was is is a, a really really powerful card. It, it is a four four artifact angel that reads you can't lose the game and your opponents can't win the game. Um, the downsides of it are that it's a four four creature which is destroyable. It's an artifact which is destroyable. Um, and the book, the book of Exalted... Oh, and it's seven mana, I think. Yeah, uh, seven mana. The Book of Exalted Deeds lets you kind of... What, you pay three for the book, you pay three to build your own platinum angel. Mm. Um, where is this breakable, Sarah?
2: Um, I mean, I'm probably going to do an awful job of explaining it, but you mm-hmm. can put it onto Faceless Haven, and then when it goes back to being a land, it still has the... The counter. Yeah. So then it's a lot more difficult to destroy a land.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because Faceless Haven is a, is a shapeshifter, um, which is an important ruling, which means it has every creature type, so it is an angel. Um, and so, yeah, you can... act. So, so you, you would need... Pay a lot. It, so. Yeah,
1: it would be a lot. You'd need to pay three snow mana to activate your Faceless Haven. Yeah. Then you need three white, which means the yeah. Faceless Haven can't pay for it itself. Yeah. Um, because it can only add colourless. To trigger the Book of Exalted Deeds, put... Uh, an Enlightened counter on your Faceless Haven, which is an Angel, mm. At, then you end the turn, it becomes a land again, and then your opponent's going to have a really hard time removing it. Mm. And as long as it is there, its ability is still relevant and you can't lose the game. Yeah. Which is only crazy, but it does require a lot of mana and it requires triple white. Yeah. So and a lot of snow. Mono
0: white, maybe. Mono white snow. Uh, which is a deck in standard that plays mm. Faceless Haven. So they might...
1: And this actually fits in it as well. Like, if it's just at the yeah, beginning of your end step, if you life. gain three life, make an angel. That's decent. That's not yeah. bad in the deck.
0: Yeah, like snow. So the, the snow deck usually is more aggro than life gain. And then the mono white without snow will play, like... Well, I guess there's no reason they wouldn't play snow, actually. But yeah, I think there is there is possibly room for this card. I don't know, actually. because So this is another sort of evaluation of... How standard will look from this set, um, because of these man lands and because of Faces Haven be- being able to for them to work together, having eight manlands in your deck, I think everyone's going to have to start running Field of Ruin. Yes, uh, which is the mm. tap. It's a land that can tap two to destroy target non-basic land. Uh, so I think because of that, you know, you're going to have to because you're just going to get overrun yeah. by manlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to have gonna, to have an answer. You're going to have to have an answer to those. Yeah. So I think Field of Ruin is going to see a lot of play, which is I th- was that only printed in Old Drain recently, so it is rotating out if they don't reprint it. Field of Ruin. Yeah.
1: I think it was Theros
0: or well, one of one of the sets that are rotating out.
1: Yes. Um, this is not true.
0: in not in a set that's um from Zendikar onwards. Mm-hmm. So unless they reprint it either in this set or the next set there uh, you know after uh, rotation, mono color kind of decks could just completely destroy everyone <laughs> um, but yeah we'll see what happens um, that's my sort of analysis for the next three months at least is that Guild yeah. of Ruins is going to see loads of play yes yeah. it
1: should do uh, and we've seen you know a bunch of really cool stuff from AFR so far mm-hmm. some really cool mechanics it seems like not too powerful a set I don't know. however there are some really busted potential combos turn yeah. 2 wins in standard you can't lose the game <laughs> um, yeah on the land. <laughs> I think in comparison
0: to Strixhaven, Strixhaven brought like two cards that are good. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been more than enough cards that are like actually really good. Yes. So set.
1: I don't, I didn't want to talk about individual cards until they're all spoiled. Yeah. Because then, you know, you, you get to really talk about them in the context of the yeah. whole set. Mm-hmm. But the, we have seen cards like uh, Demi Lich, which looks so broken mm-hmm. uh, in the Is It Phoenix deck which is already broken in oh, yeah, historic yeah yeah that one is ridiculous um and uh, a bunch of other cards which do look like they could seriously have a place in some older more powerful formats. Yeah. so i'm i'm excited for this set i love the flavor i feel like the power level is right for what we've seen so far there are some really potential crazy combos but generally the set seems fairly underpowered
0: yeah i think as well i like the idea that witzers would be a bit more lenient with power level in this set because it's the core set which means it will rotate next year instead of yes. in two years mm-hmm. so they're kind of like if there is anything broken it's fine you only have yeah. a year <laughs> um yeah because what was you know have they ever had anything that's really op from like m20 or m21 ugin yeah that kind of sucks
1: <laughs> ugin the spirit dragon yeah sucks. He, he does
0: he kind of sucks
1: W- w- I- I- you're going to have to <laughs> try and explain what you mean by that.
0: He is not played at all in standard.
1: He- right? I play him in like all my decks.
0: Yeah, and are you mythic? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, like I think if you're going to play the best standard ramp deck, so Ugin the Spirit Dragons an eight mana planeswalker, you only play him in ramp, right? Yeah. Mono red mm. ramp or green ramp. <clears throat> The best ramp decks are Salty Ultimatum, uh, or Saltite Ramp, or just I guess I guess Teamer Ramp does play Ugin, but I don't think that's the best one.
1: It's not. You are right that the I would say the top meta lists don't play Ugin. Yeah. But that's actually I think mostly because of the limitations of those decks. Yeah. Like Ugin would be played in Ultimatum if Ultimatum could cast him. Um, he is powerful enough. He's just not able to be played in that particular yeah. deck because of the restrictions. Because of cut, yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's
0: the thing. Like, he's not overpowered at all. I don't think.
2: I mean, I think he's great, Eugen. but I don't play. I think standard. he's really
0: he's a great cool card, and I just don't think he's good.
1: Like, yeah. But you don't
2: think he's a good card, or you don't think he's good in standard? Good in standard.
1: That's okay. what I've been right. saying. Like, that's, but we have to wrap it up. There, we've been going on about this long enough. So, Afr looks great. Uh, this because has sucks. been a good chat. Let's close <laughs> it off. <laughs>
0: Don't waste your wild Uh. cards And what's its name? Uh, Señor de los Bandidos Hobgoblin Hobgoblin
1: (laughs) That is such a fun word. Such a fun one to say. Maybe we should play more magic in Spanish because it seems fun. Yeah. Like all lords become senors apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.